This is a big CUF podcast intro. Well, good day, good morning, good evening, wherever you are. Um, welcome to the Community Faith Podcast. I am Jacob, and I am joined by a special guest today, <laughs> Jennifer Uherick. She is the head of our counseling center. you got to correct me if I'm wrong about any of this. Uh-huh, She's absolutely. the head of our counseling center, community counseling. <laughs> Um, she is a, a licensed clinical social worker, Correct. a diplomat in clinical social Correct. work. She's a psychotherapist, has all kinds of other probably, <laughs> you know, little, uh, what do you even call them, licenses and, yeah, yeah, yeah. and I don't know, <laughs> training and things. Um, she is an amazing, wonderful person, Christian, all of those things first, Aww. and also an incredible therapist, counselor, Thank you so um, much. and friend, all of the above. Yes. So she is here because we are in the middle of... Uh, actually, we're at the end of a series called Comeback Season, yes. and it's all about how we can turn our setbacks into comebacks. And this last weekend um, on Mother's Day, we heard an incredible uh, comeback story yes, about indeed. Kathy Kathy Oxford, oh my gosh. also our pastor Wes's mom. And uh, if you have not tuned into that weekend, you absolutely need to. Yes. I know that we say yes, that a yes, lot, yes. but oh, even if you just heard... Uh, kind of the beginning where, where the video of her story is showed and then at the very end where uh, kind of the completion, the comeback element of it. So beautiful. Uh, it absolutely she is. She was so courageous. She was. And it it definitely brought up um, a lot um, for us to chew on, a lot yes. for us to think on. Um, and, and we kind of ended the morning with this charge to take a next step. Um, and the idea is that a lot of us um, have experienced or are experiencing uh, trauma and pain yeah. and God didn't design us to just live in that and Absolutely be stuck in not. that. And so we believe that there's freedom. Um, yes. There are, are steps that we need to take to reach that peace, to reach that freedom. Definitely. And um, I believe that, that Jen is probably the most knowledgeable person that I know about <laughs> this. And so that's why she's here. So why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself a little bit? What do you do? Who are you? Yeah. Um, anything. Sure. Um, so I'm Jennifer Uherrick. I am the director of our counseling center here at Community of Faith. And a trauma is my passion. That is what I love to help people heal from the most. It is what God designed me from the start of my own life uh, with allowing me to go through some really difficult times in my life, but walking with me through that and then bringing me myself to a point of my own trauma work at some stage. And then the difficulty of that and facing that and the courage it took to face that, but then watching how I could actually step into it and do it and come through on the other side and find what I never believed was possible I went from calling myself a nerve ball, which is what I always saw myself as. I was always anxious and nervous about stuff and reactive to things. And all of a sudden, I found this peace after my work that I had never known. And that is what trauma work actually helps you get to, is this place of healing. And God alone, (laughs) he really played, he walked that journey with me. I, um, Mm. I cannot ever say that it could have been done without him, but I tell you what, it, there is a pathway that if you know what to do, you will make it through, you will find healing. So for me, what I do in my work is I um, do trauma work with people. They come in, we uh, educate a little bit on what do we do, what are the steps to helping you prepare for trauma work. And then we actually do the work, which I could get into details for the rest of eternity with you. I know I don't need to do that today. Um, And then get them through the end of it, the closure, and then back into social life and the regular things that they've always wanted to be a part of Mm. and relationships. I love how God used your past and your story um, and has used to impact, 
I, I don't know how many people at this <laughs> point. At least hundreds, probably probably thousands of people at this point. Such an honor. Because um, that's so natural. Now, I'm not saying that everybody is going to go on to do clinical sure. uh, work like this. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. But no, through my own experience um, dealing with my own mental health issues that just appeared out of nowhere, um, on the other side of it, it was like my mission to yeah. um, support the people around me. As soon as I would hear something that I learned in my training, yes. um, that was kind of like a, a trigger phrase that yes. people would say that I knew just isn't, that's not right, that's not healthy. But before I might've been like, okay, that's an interesting thing to say. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you need to, to talk to somebody. Like this, exactly. this, isn't, this isn't normal, this isn't healthy. Um, and the biggest thing that I'm advocating for is just like removing the stigma yes. uh, that's associated with all of this. Um, yes. It's 2021. And um, I just have started using the phrase that like therapy is for everybody. Yeah, um, absolutely. Because a lot of the secular world is already is already here. Mm-hmm. We're, we already understand that. But I think there's this kind of remnant in the in the Christian world that um, is either kind of afraid of it, you know, just naturally kind of like, I don't need a shrink. Like I want right. to save face. Right. Um, but then you have some people who. I don't know the right verb for it, but it's it's not necessarily fear. It's just kind of like this. Uh, maybe it's just they don't really understand exactly what it is or who it's for. Exactly. Um, and yeah. so it's my personal job to kind of break down that that Love wall it. for the people who are <laughs> like me, who were like, "No, I'm fine. Like, uh-huh. I don't I don't need this." And then yeah. I reached a point where I it was a breaking point, and I did need it. <laughs> so Jen, you have used the word trauma a lot. Yes. Lately. Um, Give us a good kind of working definition of that um, so sure. we kind of have a good starting place to, to continue. Yeah, and I think that part's important because there's really different types of trauma. So there's like, you know, the classic type one trauma where you someone's got a gun to your head and, mm-hmm. you know, you, you feel like my life may be on the line here. I may die. So that's like the classic kind of traumatization that people think about. And that is a form of trauma. Now, there's also type two trauma where there's more developmental trauma, things that you've been through experiences of feeling neglected or abused in your upbringing, perhaps, and not necessarily trying to place blame on parents. There's a lot of times good reasons for why things bad, bad things happen to people, Mm -hmm. but it all the same creates this trauma. Trauma meaning this our body physiologically starts to respond in a way that's reactive to this this fight-or-flight response we go into. So mm-hmm. at the time of the trauma, our brain goes into fight-or-flight, and it kind of gets a clog, if you will, formed in the brain of that processing that it was doing. It was trying to process all this information at the time, and it gets all clogged up, and our brain can't move forward. It gets stuck in that one little place. Now, we continue to grow up and move on, though, so our brain continues to develop. But that clog, if you will, that little that point where it got stuck, is still stuck in the brain. Hmm. That creates a trigger point for us now moving forward in life. So anything that happens later in life that feels similar or smells similar or sounds similar, brings Mm -hmm. up memories to the brain of that, it reminds our brain of that, it basically sends us right back in that millisecond to that point of reactivity. And we start responding the way we did at the time, scared, anxious, whatever that might have been for us at the time. And we even think about ourselves in the same way. For example, I think I'm helpless or I can't handle this. Those are like negative beliefs that we form at the time of a, of a traumatic experience. Or it might even be developmental trauma, which is maybe I was emotionally neglected. Maybe by no fault of their own, I had a parent even that was going through some really bad cancer treatments and they couldn't attend to my emotional needs. So I start believing, because I'm just a kid, that I don't matter. Mm-hmm. And it feels so strong emotionally that that same kind of clog, if you will, forms in the brain. And now I have a trigger point there. 
that ends up being what plays out over the course of time as trauma. Hmm. It's this emotional response, basically, that we end up having later in life to what was originally a very strong emotional reaction, a right. fight or flight response, if you will. Right. I think um, I'm glad you did that because I think a lot of people like me might just only associate that word with like a trauma doctor and sure. like blood and yeah. hospital and ambulances <laughs> yeah. and things. Um, yeah. yeah. And, and it can be caused by things that are relatively routine and yes. um, that really any of us could have experienced in life. And we yes. just react to it, like you said, in, in a in a different way. I mean, for me, when all of this kind of stuff reached a fever pitch, like I was doing something really routine yeah. and not scary and not, um, yeah. not weird or dangerous at all. Yeah. Um, and the way that my mind and my body reacted to it was completely foreign to me. Um, and, and I, yeah, it's, so it's, it's, it's not necessarily, we're not just talking about the people who have dealt with the worst of the worst, um, in childhood. When we, when we right. talk about this, it's really, a lot more of us could be carrying this than we yes. even realize. Um, yes. You listening could be carrying stuff that you don't even realize yet um, fully, even, certainly. There's a timer going off there. <laughs> uh, so even an example I want to give you, because I think a lot of couples are surprised to hear this. So for married couples, the emotional bond that they form, the only thing that comes close to that type of bond is the childhood bond between parent and child, Okay. So when couples start to feel like they can't access their partner emotionally, because we so need that, we are truly dependent upon that in a marriage. We need it. It's mm -hmm. like our breath, you know. So when couples feel like they can't access each other emotionally, for whatever the reasons, they start to have, over time, a fight-or-flight response to that. Wow. And then the more that happens, the more they feel like they can't access one another, they end up actually responding just as you would to a trauma. So that wow. becomes the same as like a developmental type response. Hmm. And that couple is going to need to do similar work, learn how to control their emotional systems basically and learn how to calm that all down and then co connect to one another emotionally. So if uh, we'll, we'll come back to to kind of identifying, you know, potentially if that's us or not. Yes. Um, what about for, for those of us who it's very obvious we're experiencing a pain. We're experiencing a loss. Um, there, we we know that we need help. Maybe um, yes. What are some steps that that we can take to start to alleviate this? Um, really, sky's the limit. What what a, if if you were just talking to a friend? I yeah. guess. What would so you if tell I was talking to a friend today, well, first of all, I would tell my friend that this weekend we're going to be having a class. That I'm going to be doing this very thing. On Sunday, we're going to be doing a class where we help people know it's only going to be about an hour, 15 minutes, and I will walk through all of the basic steps of doing some of your own like self-help so that you could basically go home, and as long as you're doing the things that we teach, you will find yourself with the tools to sort of calm it all down mm -hmm. and help your nervous system kind of reset itself and stop those triggers when they're going off. Learn how to stop the triggers. And then if you wanted to go further and you needed to, then we'll give you a few resources so that people have that. And then they could continue in therapy if they wanted, but they don't have to a lot of times. Right. Couples, you know, we can teach them enough in that class even to be able to stabilize things in their relationship. We're also even, as a matter of fact, doing a, an intensive for couples uh, this Friday and Saturday. I don't know if there's any spots open. I think if there are, there's only one or two. Um, but we're going to be doing this specific type work and more for couples in that intensive. But going back to a friend who asks me. So after I told him that, 
I would then um, probably tell them get connected to a group. Um, we have home teams here at our church, so I would have them get connected to a group because trauma responses and things like that, they push us into isolation. Mm-hmm. So when you get reconnected, just knowing you've got some support system around you helps you. So that connection time is absolutely critical. Yeah. Then I would tell them to start to practice some meditation. I know that seems a little weird to a lot of people who've never done it, but it calms down their nervous system. So anything we can do to help the nervous system calm down, and meditation is one of the best things ever to do that, Yeah, I encourage it. And that can be a foreign word for people, too, because it was for me. Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah. If you've ever heard of the sleep app, if you've ever heard of Headspace, Headspace has a Netflix it's uh, so cute. thing now. I love Headspace. Yes. My brother and I both uh, love it. So um, just download one of those apps um, and try it out. It's it's definitely not as Eastern as uh, you might be thinking. Absolutely. Um, so... <laughs> Uh, there's something you said in there. Okay, so the class that you're teaching this Sunday? Yes. What time is it at? Sunday, 11 o'clock. And then do I need to like register or anything like um, that? You can register online. We have a website. It's free. We're just oh, doing cool. it as a service to people to, to help them out. Do I have to like struggling sh- with that. Do I have to like share anything no, about my feelings or anything? No, it's absolutely. That's one of the reasons we're doing it this way. Cool. You don't have to come in and share anything about your story. You don't even have to talk if you don't so want. So it's like a large group kind yep. of. I mean, you say group. class, kind of a yep. like lecture format. Like exactly. Come get information. Okay. Yep. We're just so, going to be providing resources so that you have some handouts as well as some in-class lessons. And then you're going to go home loaded up with stuff yes, to help you out. Definitely not intimidating. So that's, I mean, that's yes. great. That's good. It's a good place to start. Um, that's this weekend. So I guess we can sign up on either website, Community of Faith yep. or COF.Church or yep. What's a or community counseling community counseling yes dot, dot com. com um cool so oh there's one other thing that you said that i really wanted to brush on it just reminded me of my oh the support system yeah like i'm oh, an yeah. introvert and so mm-hmm. i have never really felt a need for mm-hmm. a support system in my life and mm-hmm. so when i was walking through um some some difficult mental health stuff every single uh you know, doctor or therapist, um, I talked to asked that same question, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, um, it was almost like, uh, if you're a parent out there and, and you're in the hospital and you've had the baby, like you get asked that question, who's mm-hmm. helping you out at home. Yes. Um, and it, and I knew it was some canned question they had to ask me and I did not understand why. Mm-hmm. And so I always kind of just said, yeah, my wife, you know, my parents are like live in Austin. Um, and I, ne- I didn't feel the need for it. I was like, yeah. this is, I, I can do this on my own. Right. Um, and the reality was I couldn't at all. And so, um, I, I don't want to minimize that at all. I know that sounds kind of just like a, a churchy response. So, oh yeah, join a small group. But, right, um, right. if you've, if you've ever, if you've been there before, you, you can probably remember back to a time where there were people in your corner and it made all of the difference. Yeah. Um, and you know, it's interesting if you, a lot of people don't know even this phrase, but there's this, th- these things called attachment styles that mm-hmm. we all have. We're all born into this world. And when we're born, we form an attachment style with our parents, the way that we connect to them. And depending upon your attachment style, they, t- they do tend to sort of uh, draw you towards the introvert versus extrovert, you know, tendencies as well. But if you really were to dig in deeper to understanding attachment styles, what you'll find out is that underlying all of the styles does lie the exact same need. We all have a need for emotional connection. Hmm. So anyone who has convinced themselves, and and, um, I was one of those people, that I can do this on my own. I don't need anybody else. Other people aren't even safe. Like I had all kinds of really unusual beliefs for where I am today. They're so... (laughs) <laughs> they've been reversed, you know, mm-hmm. but anyone who thinks that way, 
underlying it is the same exact thing. We are all the same in that way. We need that emotional bond, that emotional mm. connection time, no matter what. Now, you don't have to have 50 close people. <laughs> a small right. group or even one or two close people is good. It's a fabulous amount to start with. Right. Um, I want you to kind of speak into another category of people, another category of potentially listeners. Um, who would who would they fall in the Jacob category of... Um, <laughs> I've experienced something that um, you would define as traumatic that at the time I wouldn't because I'm stubborn or, um, you know, there's this sense of machismo. I'm too busy to deal with it. Mm, Um, You know, there's all these excuses that we would put um, ahead of our mental health. Or maybe we just don't really realize that our reactions to things aren't normal. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. I have some really close people that I can't convince they need help because they are so convinced that I'm good and everything's fine and I'm just a little stressed out from work and right. I'm seeing the red flags because right. I've been through this. Right. Um, so I, I guess you're either you could either address the people who who know people in their in their lives who yeah would fall into that category or you know maybe just a listener who's listening to this right now they might have already turned it off don't shut it off um, <laughs> and they're saying that's not me you know I don't need the help you know yep. I'm, I'm good. Yeah. What would you, how would you approach that, that conversation? Well, you know, I think probably the first thing I'd want everybody like that to know is that if you see emotional reactivity in yourself, if when somebody speaks to you in a certain way or uh, you're in a certain setting, you either do one of two things. You either have a strong emotional reaction, you're kind of short-tempered, if you will, mm-hmm. or you find yourself numb, kind of just feeling disconnected or detached from the experience or even kind of floating floating off in your head somewhere when someone's mm-hmm. talking you're not present in that moment those are signs to you that you you are experiencing triggers you are experiencing those things that are tied back to the traumas so you will find that your relationships will be enriched and deepened by being willing to slow down and attend to those triggers to to what's causing that to happen and you'll see it makes you feel better. So if nothing else, just you want most of us want to feel better. <laughs> so yeah. that's why we do the work, you know. Yeah. Now for somebody that's experiencing that on the other side, so let's say you have a loved one who has been either reactive with you or you experience them as being very disconnected and you can't access them, I would tell them about this, you know, tell them, "Hey, I mm. listened to this um, podcast today and and here's what I heard and I wonder if you'd be willing to go read a book with me or look at some yeah. stuff online with me and explore what this might be about because I want to be, be connected to you. I'm, yeah. I'm concerned about you right now. Just emotionally showing your concern for them. Mm. I think uh, I, what I try to, to tell these people that I'm kind of referencing vaguely because, you know, I care about them. Yeah. Um, is that you really don't have anything to lose. Yeah, um, exactly. You know, an hour of your time maybe. Right. Um, and, I, and I think we're, we're just like at a place where – we're so we think we know what it's going to be like because Hollywood doesn't always really portray absolutely therapy well no um, or <laughs> accurately every once dramatic. in a while they do and I'm like okay this was good um or you know you know maybe they think that they're a fixer like me and they're like oh I can I can figure out you know what's causing this and yeah. I can just wish it away I wish um yeah that only makes it worse in my yeah, experience when you're just too. kind of putting it off so mm-hmm. um no that's that's extremely helpful um there's kind of a last category. Uh, of people that I would like you to, to address, Jen. Um, and we'll wrap with this. And if we know people in our life that are currently um, dealing with pain, um, trauma, suffering, loss, things like this, um, 
outside of of what we've already mentioned about you know encouraging them to to potentially get professional help attend this class things like that um what are some ways because i think this is a kind of a responsibility as like christians too like mm-hmm. to to be there for our community members our neighbors our, our brothers and sisters who mm-hmm. are in pain like i i really do think we have a responsibility mm-hmm. um in a sense to really make this world look like the kingdom like yeah. bring god's kingdom here and if there's no suffering or pain in god's kingdom like it's part of our job as Christians to eliminate that as best we can here with him, with Mm -hmm. the spirit. Um, But what are some ways that, that we as Christians can, can, can really do that, can uh, be a support to the people in our lives who are, who are in this kind of suffering? Uh, You know, I'll speak for myself on that one. For me, I, first of all, I try to be vulnerable and authentic myself and I share some of my own story with people and let them know that I've been through really rough things too. And there's healing possible Mm. and that I see signs of that in that person and would they like to talk about it I try to make myself um, open and receptive to them so that they can have someone we're safe to land Uh, and then I uh, like in our home team we we talk about leading with love and so being a model for what it is to love somebody like Corinthians love not just love that feels good but you know that kind of showing a person love and compassion when they do get reactive to you or when they do go numb on you, still showing up for them and showing them that you care, that you can be accessible to them and responsive to their needs shows them that somebody actually cares. And I have found in my experience that being loved by somebody and someone who actually shows up for us in a loving way makes us then feel safe to reach out and mm-hmm. get connected to get the help we need to be receptive ourselves to it. Because anyone who's experienced significant trauma will be more withdrawn and isolated. That That's just, it happens. Even if they're super social and they act like they're really present and, you know, connected to everybody, what's going on behind the scenes is usually very, very different. They just yeah. got a mask on, you know. So being that source of love, being the light for them, help them to see that, that you are a safe place to them, that they can start to become authentic and real in and share their story with. Mm. That's really good. I love how you said, when you're talking to them, you are super vulnerable like yeah. with your story. It's um, so important. It's helped me so much. And people, <laughs> I've been awkwardly vulnerable about my mental health. Um, yeah. Because like I said earlier, like I'm trying to break down the stigma. Of yeah, it. you bet. So some people are like really taken aback when yeah. I start, uh, they would call oversharing. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But I'm so um, earnest about getting that point across. That, you like, bet. I am not okay. Yeah. And that's okay. And, <laughs> and, and that's yeah. what I loved about Kathy's story this weekend. Yes, exactly. was like, she was so vulnerable. Yeah. And some people might watch this video and be like, I can't believe that she's sharing this, but she knows cause she's experienced here yes. that everyone around her still loves her. Yeah. Like, and exactly. there's this fear that like, exactly. am I going to be unloved yeah. if they know the real me? Um, and so I think that's such a crucial spot. When, so when I'm trying to convince some close friends that like, Hey, like I really, really care about you, and I want you, yes, to to go just talk to a, a professional about this. Just just it's just talk therapy. It's like just talk yeah, about it. Um, exactly. And I try to make m- myself super low and like yeah. a lot of humility. Like I'm, I did this, and it yeah. and it it helped me out. And yeah, I'm I'm not put together, and it's okay. Like you yes. don't have to be strong, strong, no. strong. You don't <laughs> have to not. like because we have all this pressure, you know, to like be a strong put together spouse and exactly. worker and parent um and then we have to have everything we're holding i'm like holding my arms out right now like we're yes. holding all of these ropes you know <laughs> yes. um 
And, and the reality is, is like, if we're, if we're not healthy, like we can't, we can't do any of those things well. Exactly. And so for me to be the best dad to Judah and the best you know, husband to Rachel, um, I had to get healthy. Yeah. And so, yeah. um, we'll, we'll, we'll close this out. Um, if you're listening to this and, and any of this resonated with you, please just show up this Sunday at community of faith. Um, I'll see if we can get a recording or, or something of it. If you're, if you're far away from Hockley, Texas, but, um, uh, it's this Sunday. What was the time again, Jen? Sunday at 11 o'clock. At 11. It's a really low key. You don't have to say anything kind of class where you can get some tools that can, can set you in the right direction. Just take steps towards towards freedom, towards peace, towards healing. And so it's called uh, Comeback Freedom. If you look on the website, um, you can register or you can just show up. Yeah, um, just show up. We'd love to have you. So I think that's a really easy baby step to, to take in this direction. Um, really low impact. Yep. Um, easy peasy. And so I think it's a great place to start. I'm glad we're doing it. So, <laughs> and, and again, so this excited. isn't, this isn't, this is for, I, I almost want to say this is for everybody yeah. um, because of how I feel about this stuff. But this isn't just for the people who have suffered um, what I would consider like rated R. No, uh, not at all. Uh, trauma and abuse. Right. This is, we're talking about everybody here. If you're so. even just stressed out and yeah. don't know how to manage that level of stress, come because we're going to be giving you tools and resources that are going to take you from that level all the way up to people with high level trauma. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter what level that is you've experienced. They're all really affecting the same parts of your body and causing <laughs> the same emotional reactions. Yeah. So come, come on, come all. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time, Jen, for joining us. Today. My pleasure. Truly. You know that. Yeah. Thanks for listening in. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Community of Faith podcast. The views, opinions, and beliefs expressed by the individuals on this show do not necessarily represent those of Community of Faith or its founding pastors. For more information about Community of Faith, check out our website, cof.church.